Yes. Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into the commonalities of successful people and the ups and downs of risk-taking. Connect with Carrie through her candid, funny, informative, and always encouraging weekly blog. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Sun Gray. It is with great pleasure I welcome to the table the ambitious, hardworking, visionary mayor of Little Rock, Arkansas. Before we talk about your soon-to-be voted-on 1% sales tax increase called Lift Little Rock Sales Tax Initiative, and before we talk about the coronavirus and how it has affected your first term in office, let's let our listeners get to know you for a minute. Your parents played a big part in your development Tell us about your family and growing up in Southwest Little Rock. Well, being born and raised and still reside in Southwest Little Rock, um, you definitely understand uh, the differences, uh, particularly when I was a banker as well, uh, leaving Southwest Little Rock, driving down to Ranch Drive and, and seeing uh, the differences in how development had erupted uh, amongst our city uh, and the need for a greater focus on development in every area of our city to ensure uh, that there were no haves and have-nots. And so that's been a uniting vision, a vision of growth and transformation for the entire city as we all grow together. I'm excited uh, that I've had uh, the roots of my, both my parents to play a large role in my development and seeing how their journeys in life have helped me uh, become the first college graduate in our family on both sides of the family. Uh, and so coming from modest means, uh, uh, it is truly uh, by God's grace and mercy uh, that I stand here today as the state's capital city mayor. Your father was a firefighter? He was a retired firefighter. I thought he was a Baptist preacher. No, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that came down through the family. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> you said. I, I, I'm the only one in the family. <laughs> you said my mother is definitely the backbone of our family with what she has persevered in life. What do you mean by that? Well, she was a young teenage mother uh, when she had my older sister, and I came shortly after that. Uh, and so if you understand uh, the sacrifices that she's made for our entire family, uh, it's unbelievable, and the things that she's persevered through. And she's truly demonstrated not only work ethic, but reliability, dependability uh, that has poured into not only my life, but my sibling's life. And uh, without her and, of course, my father, I wouldn't be the man I am today. Uh, but I definitely key into um, a young single mother and what she was able to do and persevere through has truly built uh, the character in my life. How, how much is teenage pregnancy a problem in Little Rock? Well, I think it's not just necessarily a problem in Little Rock. It's something that we're seeing across the nation when we're having uh, children having children. And, and, and many times when you see different things, it's, we want to do our best to uh, ensure that there are wraparound services for everyone to ensure uh, that they have the positive movement. Wraparound services. I like that term. I've that, did you make that word up? No. <laughs> you said on your website, I read your whole website. I've I can a, tell. <laughs> I've got a million quotes from your website. You said that speaking about your parents, they sacrificed to raise you and your siblings with values of faith, hard work, community, and self-determination, and that this foundation helped you, like you just said, become the first person in your family to graduate college. You went to college at the University of Memphis, and you also said on your website, it really changed your life. And 
What do you have to do that? Uh, reason many people who uh, know me and some who don't uh, know that I'm an introvert. What? Uh, that knows how to turn it on from time to time, but I, I'm clearly an introvert. And so I was a shy kid, young teenager at the time, and uh, I really kind of came into my own and understanding myself in college. And that really kind of drove, uh, really kind of expounded upon uh, the public service that was inside me that I didn't, I wasn't aware of when I would go and all of the church community services that I would go with. My mother would drag me to it as a young kid uh, growing up in Little Rock when we were at Greater Second Baptist Church. And so when you see that and you know that, I didn't know I had it in me until I got into college and really I figured out what I was most passionate about, and that was to give back and to give to others. And so uh, that played a large role in me understanding uh, and having that confidence that I didn't know was there. It empowered you. It did. So you know uh, Kristen Lynch called you an old soul, and your classmates uh, called you Mr. University of Memphis. Where'd you get that from? <laughs> I don't know. I found it somewhere online where he quoted calling you an old soul. I am. <laughs> <laughs> you went and got a master's from Fayetteville. University of Arkansas at Little Rock. Oh, Little Rock. I'm mis- I mis- messed that up. I thought it was from Fayetteville. And I loved this part about you when I read about you. This is when you became endeared to me because I love ballet. You took ballet from Michael Tisdale. Uh, Tidwell. Yeah, I Tidwell. took it seven years. Uh, and uh, I've been known uh, to understand ballet and jazz and hip-hop and modern dance and I know the difference between Isadora Duncan and Jinsky and, and <laughs> having Haley and Judith Jameson. So. Yeah, you've won us over now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, I know what a plie and a fondue oh, and everything. I cannot believe it. <laughs> First, uh, second, third, and fourth position. You still live and preach in Southwest Little Rock and attend a church there. Why is that important to you? Uh, it's my, my personal calling is to preach and teach uh, the gospel. I love it. So this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Little Rock, Arkansas Mayor's Mr. Frank Scott Jr. We will dissect his vision called Lift Little Rock Sales Tax Initiative, where he is promoting a 1% sales tax to improve quality of life, infrastructure, economic development, and early childhood education. We will also list his accomplishments and hear how he managed the unprecedented predicament brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic of 2020. We'll be right back. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, along with Carrie's experience and leadership knowledge. In 1995, she embraced the internet and rebranded her company as simply FlagAndBanner.com. In 2004, she became an early blogger, since then, she has founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, began publishing her magazine, Brave, and in 2016, branched out into this very radio show, YouTube channel, and podcasts. In 2020, Carrie McCoy Enterprises acquired OurCornerMarket.com, an online company specializing in American-made plaques, signage, and memorials for over 20 years. If you'd like to sponsor this show, or get involved with any of Carrie McCoy's enterprises, Send an email to me, gray, at gray at flagandbanner.com. Telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags, theflagandbanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. Thank you, Gray. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Little Rock, Arkansas's Mayor Frank Scott Jr., who was sworn in 
January of 2019. And before the break, I called the initiative, the Lift Little Rock Sales Tax Initiative, but it's really Rebuild the Rock, which I like so much better. <laughs> when did you decide to change the name? Well, initially, uh, see, it goes back again to, I know we'll talk a little bit about COVID-19. Mm-hmm. We initially wanted to pursue the Lift Little Rock uh, Penny Replacement Initiative. Uh, in 2020, mm-hmm. and we made that announcement early on, uh, I believe January after our 2020 State of the City. Uh, and then, as you know, on March 11th, uh, mm-hmm. 2020, everything changed. Uh, and so we suspended uh, that uh, penny replacement initiative that we were going to actually, we were planning to move forward with it in 2020. So we suspended it because we had to deal with COVID like everyone else in America. And that being stated, uh, we've now changed it to Rebuild the Rock. I like that. You and I had a, uh, we actually were supposed to meet. This is our second time we've tried to meet for this interview. The very first time was in March of 2020. Right. <laughs> two hours before we were to go on the air to talk about what it was then called, the Lift, Lift Little, Little Rock, Rock Sales Initiatives, yeah. which I guess these notes are left over from then. Uh, it uh, You called up and said uh, we've had our first case of COVID in the hospital and Asa Hutchinson has called. about surreal. It was, was so weird. It, it was weird. It was so, so weird. I'll never forget March 11th because uh, on March 12th, that's when we decided to uh, start our kind of modified shelter in place to really take care of our protective measures for our residents. And mm. uh, as, as you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. It's hard to believe that it's now been, you know, year and a half, clo- year, year and a half, mm-hmm. year and a half, close to 18 months. So you're the first elected African-American mayor to the city of Little Rock, and I put the emphasis on elected because I didn't realize this, but Jefferson Botsford was the first black mayor, but he was appointed in 1871 because we used to appoint our mayors and not elect them. Along with um, uh, mayor, former mayor Lottie Shackleford. Oh, I forgot well. about Lottie. Oh, yeah. yeah. How could I forget that Lottie? And, and Charles Bussey as well. Uh, and so... Those were all appointed, and we were um, blessed to be elected. I but you, you you went back to 1886 when I, we were appointing, yes, yes. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting yeah. that it goes but, back that far. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you don't want to be, you don't want that to be your claim to fame. I read where you said, once I realized I was being invited to the table as the checkbox when I was trying to make changes and wasn't necessarily being, being listened to, it frustrated me. After reaching that frustration point, I decided to run for mayor. And when you told your parents, they asked, are you serious? Exclamation <laughs> point, question mark, exclamation point. What did you say to them? I said, yes, I'm very serious and wanted to give back to the city that helped raise me um, and to focus on how we could build bridges in the city and truly focus on unity and growth and transformation. Uh, I also, I mean, I'm really, I've got a lot of quotes, probably more quotes on you than I mean, you're, you're fine. You, you found a lot of quotes. So this is another one I really like. <laughs> that means you, you do, said, your, do your research. Yes. This is another one I really like about you. I didn't want to go another election cycle where we didn't at least have a voice of the voiceless being heard. One of the things I love to say is the voices of the voiceless will eventually be heard loud and clear. And don't you see that all the time, all over the world and all through history? That is very true. Mm-hmm. So in the 2018 election, failing to secure 40% of the votes, you were in a runoff for mayor with Mr. Baker Curis? Yes. Telling, uh, tell us about that election night and the election and then the disappointment. On the on the 1st of November? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one, I just want to uh, share just superb kind words to uh, not only Mr. Baker Curris, but uh, former state representative Warwick Saban, uh, Glenn Slortz, and, and Vincent Oliver. 
Tolliver. Uh, and so when you understand that you have those five quality candidates, uh, all who love Little Rock, uh, I know Vincent Tolliver loves Little Rock. I know Glenn Swartz loves Little Rock. And um, former state representative Work Saban and, and Mr. State, uh, Mr. Superintendent uh, Baker Course. Uh, and so when we know all of them love our city, uh, that was the type of caliber uh, that our city was yearning for. Uh, and we all laid it all on the line uh, to offer ourselves of service to the city. Uh, and I can tell you, we announced our um, exploratory campaign uh, September 12th of 2017. Uh, the f- and then, of course, the transition from exploratory to the actual campaign. And then the first election was on uh, November the 2nd, November 6th, rather. Uh, and, and so when you go back and understand that we were just ready to have it over with. And so it was one of those situations where we were five and we were able to get 38% of the vote and you need 40% plus one to win uh, outright. Um, it was, uh, it was a, a moment of excitement, a moment of relief, joy. And then you just felt utterly like, oh, I got to do this all over again. <laughs> and, so, I, and I'll tell you, I even cried that night because <laughs> you got to do it all over because you put it all on the line. Uh, but uh, as we said that night, it's not over. And so we had to start all over again uh, the next day, and, and we did. And uh, by the grace of God, we were able to win on December the 4th of 2018. So you had to do it again for another full month. We had to. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you were sworn in, what was the first thing you noticed? Was there was everything as you thought it would be? Was there a big surprise? Well, I would say when we first walked into office, there were no big surprises. Uh, we clearly did not um, think or know that uh, down the road that we would experience uh, a historic flood. Uh, we didn't think we would experience a global pandemic. We didn't think we experienced social and civil unrest. We didn't think we would experience, as a result of George Floyd uh, across the nation, we didn't think we would experience um, a historic snowstorm. All of that has happened uh, over the past two and a half years. As I often tell people, I'm just right, waiting for locusts and flies to come. <laughs> <laughs> does feel like we're getting close. Uh, so what was the first thing that you decided to do? Well, I do know what it is. Just uh, weeks into office, you made some big decisions. You implemented a new organizational structure to City Hall. That seems risky. And why did you feel that was the right thing to do? Well, uh, the city yearned to have a mayor uh, to operate within its uh, legal law that the mayor is the chief executive officer of the city of Little Rock. Uh, and so for quite some time that had not been implemented. Uh, and so uh, we campaigned and every candidate uh, that campaigned in 2018 campaigned that the mayor would adhere to its ordinance that was passed in 2007 where the mayor was chief executive officer. And so uh, within the first couple of weeks, uh, we implemented that, that plan. We also implemented our act plan, which means to be accountable, clear, and trans, uh, transparent in all things that we do. Uh, and so uh, we wanted to focus on organizational change so we could obtain transformation. And so we want to ensure that City Hall operated with performance management, uh, but also to ensure that residents received uh, great customer uh, service, uh, communications and that we had the ability to advocate and execute on change management. So, what if you you if you weren't the commander in chief, so to speak, of of the city of Little Rock? What 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 were you doing before two thousand and seven? What were the mayors doing before two thousand and seven? Well, uh, the, I wouldn't say what the mayors were doing in two thousand and seven. They were just operating on their different structure, and so we 
uh, those candidates. What did you call yourself after you became mayor? Uh, chief executive officer. So what were they before that? Well, they were just the chief elected officer. Oh. Uh, and so uh, where they weren't operating within uh, true operation management and leadership. Uh, and it's nothing against them. It's just how the law was uh, spelled out at that period in time. And so yeah. there were certain changes that uh, had taken place. And so we implemented those changes that had been put on the books back in 2007. Uh, you said one of your most important decisions was the hiring of police chief Keith Humphrey from Norman, Oklahoma. Why was that so important? Well, uh, public safety is a top priority. Uh, you can't be a mayor of any city if public safety is not a top priority. And so back in that period of time, um, because that was one of the first decisions I had to make in, I believe, in April 2020. Uh, and so we wanted to ensure that we hired a police chief that was going to be focused not only on public safety, uh, but also community-oriented policing. Uh, and so when we made that decision, we wanted to ensure that we built trust back uh, with the community, but also demonstrated accountability uh, and, and on both ways. And so that's where we've seen a number of different things uh, that have changed within the police department to take us to the 21st century and 21st century community police. And I'm very excited about that. Like what? Like the no knock war? You got rid of the no knock warrants, right? So one of the things is that, uh, as you re- recall, uh, the city was under a lot of different investigations and had made national news in 2017. For what? Uh, because of the kind of ar- arbitrary uses of no knock warrants. And oh. uh, and some uh, would say it just got us in a lot of litigious uh, issues. And so we implemented a no-knock warrant policy that significantly reduced uh, the arbitrary usage of those. And then secondly, uh, it included a threat matrix uh, as well, which became uh, one of the top-tier um, community-oriented policing models that have been modeled across the nation now. And then secondly— What's uh, a threat matrix? Uh, it's a matrix that determines when you should use it and when you should not. And so it kind of certain things have to be done to kind of dictate the usage of it, of, of, uh, of the no-knock warrant. Oh. And so uh, those kind of boundaries were put in place to protect against the litig- litigious nature of some of the lawsuits we were receiving um, from the community uh, on how they were being used. But then secondly, um, we were able to implement from our accountable, clear, transparent plan. Uh, Little Rock became the first uh, city in Arkansas to obtain uh, body worn cameras. Uh, and so it's hard to believe that, you know, we other cities didn't have it. And it's even harder to believe that the state capital city didn't have it either. And so we were able to implement that. And then a host of other uh, policies that have been put in place that uh, focus on 21st century community-oriented policing. Unlike prior mayors, since your election, you've had threats and have been advised to travel with a security detail. Are you concerned? Um, I'm always concerned. And but there's been, as you, as you stated, there have been security reasons why we have and made that decision. So it's time to talk about Build the Rock Sales Tax Initiative. Many people don't realize a one and a half percent sales tax is about to expire in 2021. When is it expiring? It expires uh, December 31st, uh, 2021. And a lot of people don't realize Little Rock has the lowest city tax of all the surrounding cities. I heard you say that when you spoke one time at Rotary. Yeah. So Little Rock right now, um, ours is the lowest among all the other cities uh, here. One of the lowest of the cities here in the state of Arkansas. Um, And so... We will lose uh, if we don't pass this rebuild the rock penny replacement tax three eighths of a cent, uh, and so if we lose it, it'll take us down from nine percent to eight point six six five six two five percent. And so what we're asking is to not only replace the penny uh, that's three eighths that's already on the books, but also mm-hmm. to have a modest increase of five eighths of a cent 
Uh, so it's not a 1% penny increase. Right. It's, it's a 5 eighths percent. It really is. But we, but so we, I'm going to quit saying 1%. I'm going to start saying well, a 5 eighths percent sales tax increase. Yes, but most it's kind of hard to make that expo- explanation. <laughs> well, because, that's because people don't understand fractions. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a 5 eighths cent, uh, and, and it's really a 5 eighths cent or 0.625% to be oh, exact. Oh, now you're really going great percentages. So, don't but, start that. But just to keep it simple, we just wanted to be – and also it's an effort, too, not only to keep it simple – uh, but also to be overly transparent, uh, because when you even if you do the math and you understand uh, right now, it's nine percent on December 31st. It goes to eight point six to five percent. If Lord willing, we pass, it then goes to nine point six. So it's technically a penny. But if you do it in real time, it really <laughs> is five, eight cents. <laughs> but you got it. I got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, you bulleted these areas to target with your uh, initiative, Build the Rock. And we're going to talk about them. Uh, after the break but before we go to break i want to tell the listeners what they are they are improve the quality of life infrastructure economic development early childhood education my favorite recreation and parks public safety and crime but we're going to go to a quick break and when we come back we're going to continue our conversation with little rock arkansas's mayor mr frank scott still to come build the rock dissecting this plan and the aforementioned topics for improving the city and the citizens he has vowed his allegiance to, list of Mayor Scott's accomplishments, what he thinks his biggest strength is, and hear how he managed the unprecedented predicament of the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic. We might even talk about the snowstorm, the flood, and the locusts that are coming. <laughs> we'll be back after the break. We've got great news from the Dreamland Ballroom. Dancing into Dreamland is back for the 11th year. That's right, 11th annual Dancing into Dreamland happens on February 12th, 2022. They're changing up the formula a bit with a Valentine's Gala right there in the Dreamland Ballroom. Don't worry, all the things you love about the long-standing fundraiser are still in the mix. A real night of revelry in the centenarian structure, culminating around a friendly dance competition. Food, drink, a silent auction. Attendees will have the pleasure of viewing several spectacular dances, and varying genres will fill the night. You'll be able to vote for your favorites via text. It's a very fun evening. Dancing into Dreamland. And not the least important thing is it's a terrific fundraiser for this extraordinary historic venue. A panel of celebrity judges will pick their favorite act, and they'll be awarded a special cash prize. Dancing into Dreamland is back, February 2022. You're listening to Up in Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with the city of Little Rock, Arkansas's Mayor, Frank Scott Jr., who was sworn in in January of 2019. Before the break, we talked about, at the very beginning, about his life growing up in Southwest Little Rock, about him going to Memphis, and I was shocked to hear he calls himself an introvert because I've seen you preach and speak and it is good but you know a lot of a lot of really uh i guess you i guess speaking's kind of theatrical a lot of theatrical people are introverts and then they get on stage or they get on they get it they turn it on and they're able to so um let's talk about the goal of uh rebuild, rebuild the, the rock. rock and why uh and why and how we're going to get this money and why this money is coming from the sales tax, which I think we just did because it's about to go away. And so that's a great place to get sales tax from. Um, and let's kind of dissect what each one of these are. Improve the quality of life is the first one I have on the list. How do you want to do that? So let, let me just kind of give it. Here's the reason why okay. uh, that we're asking uh, residents of Little Rock to invest in itself. 
Uh, we all know Little Rock is a great city. Uh, we want to be a greater city. Uh, two weeks ago, we announced that Little Rock experienced over the last 10 years 5% of growth. So close to 10,000 people decided to move to Little Rock as it relates to the U.S. Census. And we finally, in the history of, first time in the history of Little Rock, uh, we finally eclipsed 200,000 in population. So today we're now 202,000. In five, city proper. In city proper. We're 202,591. And which, it grew by how many? Close to 5%, 10,000 people. That's a lot. It's a lot. Over, over how many years? Over 10 years. Well, maybe that's not so much. Well, no, I mean, when you, when, when, <laughs> it's kind of a lot. It's a yeah, lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 10 per, uh, close to 5% over 10 years. But 6,000 of those 10,000 came in 2019 and 2020. Oh. And so we're excited. Uh, it opens up the doors for uh, greater economic development as we pitch to companies who are deciding to, to come here and grow here, as we take care of the existing small businesses who are here, who are the backbone of our uh, economic development strategy. Uh, it's exciting times. And so uh, we're excited to have that increase in our population. But many people also have to understand that uh, while we're, a pop- we're the state's largest city, over the most traverse city, uh, but even from Monday to Friday, from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., our population increases to the size of, of Nashville. Uh, and so we have many responsibilities from infrastructure to quality life in place to public safety to early childhood education uh, and to parks and recs. And so one of the reasons why we're focused on being a greater city is by ensuring that we have to rebuild out of the pandemic, we have to invest in ourselves so we can have a city uh, that, our generations coming behind, you know, Gray and I are probably in the millennial generation. We're deciding where we want to live first based on quality and life in place and then our career, same as uh, Generation Z. Uh, but our brothers and sisters that are aging friendly and deciding to retire, they're deciding where they want to retire first based on the quality and life in place amenities. So there's this interesting nexus between um, our older seasoned brothers and sisters and gener- and millennial gener- uh, generation as well as Generation Z who are converging. Everybody's focused on quality and life in place. That's the new economic development model. And we know uh, that our city has 63 parks. Uh, our city makes up about 124 square miles. We're larger than San Francisco, and we have 63 parks. And many of those parks have not uh, increased its maintenance uh, funds since I was a kid growing up in southwest Little Rock. And so it hasn't kept up with inflation and, and construction and things of that nature. And we need to give need to give our parks some TLC and take care of what we already have. Uh, but also we want to spend time and money to revitalize War Memorial Park where it can become our own central park. If you've been to Central Park in New York City or Piedmont Park in Atlanta, a smaller gathering place that we, we know of in Oklahoma City or in the parks that we see in Tulsa to really bring a unifier uh, for all uh, people to come to Little Rock at Wormory Park, but as well as revitalize Hyman Park. We know that our seasoned brothers and sisters desire to have its own senior citizen center this side of the river and not have to drive to across the other side of the river to have their own. We don't uh, have a senior center? We don't have a senior center here what? in the state's capital city. Uh, and then we we want to expand uh, Repsom and golf. We want to expand first tee golf from nine holes to ten holes, have an indoor tennis court uh, complex, and then also – uh, we know many young families and growing uh, and, and new grandparents uh, on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. They're taking their children to Bryant, to Benton, to Conway, to Tulsa, to Oklahoma City, to Memphis, to all these other cities to participate in new sports. So in this Rebuild the Rock proposal, we also want to include an indoor and outdoor youth sports complex so we can become a regional draw for youth sports. 
And so that's the quality in life and place enhancements that we have. We also want to uh, take time. Our city only has our city has the only zoo in the state. Uh, and we need to renew the zoo. We need to renovate our zoo because we have to keep up with its national accreditations. And so there's a, a large investment to keep our zoo, which is a state attraction and a tourist attraction. And we're competing against the St. Louis Zoo, the Memphis Zoo, the Tulsa Zoo, uh, the Atlanta Zoo, all these zoos that are around us. And we got to continue to stay. Um, we got to move from being great to greater. Uh, and so that's the reason why we are investing in rebuilding the Ross. So that's the quality in life in place. Uh, but with everything, you got to have your nuts and bolts. Uh, and so we got we have to fund our public infrastructure. So we're pouring in an additional eighty million dollars of infrastructure to focus on street resurfacing, uh, to focus on how we uh, street resurfacing, drainage, roads, all of those infrastructure improvements because we know that infrastructure is the foundation to economic development. And then when it comes to public safety and crime. Uh, you know, your money is where your mouth is, and you know what's true and important to anyone by looking at their budget. Uh, so the city of Little Rock has a $280 million budget. Close to a little over half of our budget goes to police and fire. And so we're going to put an additional $80 million for police and fire in this Rebuild the Rock proposal. And so what does that money go towards? Uh, out of that, uh, that additional $80 million that's already on top, will be on top of $140 million because we understand that public safety is a top priority. Uh, we're going to spend uh, close to $10 million of the $80 million towards community-oriented policing. Uh, we're going to purchase public safety vehicles for both police and fire. We're going to add new fire apparatus. West Little Rock is going to get a fire station 25 to reduce the response time because we know how much West Little Rock is growing. Uh, in addition to that, we're going to have added dollars for police technology and operations. And we're also going to fund our own real-time crime center. So if you've ever watched CSI, uh, we're going to have a big center that has eyes on everyone to help us be smarter on crime. What does that mean? You're uh, going to have cameras on every corner? Well, not necessarily. No. <laughs> no eyes not on everyone. What's that mean? <laughs> well, it's just to be smarter on crime. And so real-time crime centers, every major city has one. What is that? As real t- it's, it's basically like a, a, a criminal technology center that we can be smarter on crime when we hear whether it's gunshots or, or visuals in high-frequency areas of high crime, we uh-huh. can uh, respond quicker. And so uh, that's uh, from the public safety standpoint. As you talked about, what's near and dear to you is early childhood education. We know uh, we have to give our children, uh, particularly zero to two, a head start. Uh, and, and oh, uh, please do that. We have to. And as I share you with you, have people, to do that. And I tell people, you know, we're paying $26,000 per inmate. $26,000 per inmate. So either we pay for it now or we pay for it later. And I choose that we need to invest in our children now uh, to prevent them from uh, to being products of going to jail. And so we have to stop that cycle, stop that process. And so that's the public safety portion of it. Uh, we also have a new downtown park uh, as well uh, that will be close to the I-30 construction area where that green space will be. And so there's just so many things that, uh, but it's focusing on quality of life in place. I love that. Public quality, infrastructure. Focus on quality life and place enhancement. You're right. That is why people move places. That's why. And you know, but you also got to have infrastructure, your nuts and bolts. You got to have public safety uh, because you can't have a growing city unless it's a secure city. What about parks? How no, parks. They, parks are scary. I'm not going to Bull Park by huh. myself. I'm not even running down at War Memorial by myself. I'm a chick, you know. And so that's the reason why we have to have the public safety as well. How are you going to get enough police to patrol all that? Well, right now we have about 594 police officers. So we, we believe we have the number. Um, that we need and we're, all, and we're always working to grow. Uh, and so uh, one of the things that we want to do is continue to keep our parks safe um, because we're enhancing them and we got to continue to ha- keep them safe as well.
But I, again, I think it's time that we make investments as you've already shared that we got to make those investments because many people choose to leave because they don't have these quality life in place enhancements. Economic development. Yes, and even with the economic development, we're pouring in uh, close to $40 million uh, in economic development for port expansion at the Little Rock Port Authority. And so one of the things that we talk about in spite of all of the challenges that we've experienced that, you know, whether it's the historic snowstorm, flood, uh, the global pandemic, uh, this administration, we've announced and recruited uh, close to 5,000 new jobs uh, in the midst of all of the things that we've discussed earlier. And so that's been historic because it has not happened before here in the city of Little Rock at that level. And so are you that, talking about Amazon? Oh, not just Amazon. So we have Amazon and Southwest Little Rock to open up last summer. Uh, where it was about 500 jobs. We is have, that why we've grown? Our city's grown the most? Oh, it's growing everywhere. It's Amazon 1 that was in South, that's in Southwest Little Rock. Amazon 2, which is close to two to 3,000 new jobs, opens this August. It's Costco uh, that has 200 jobs. It's, it's Trader Joe's, what we, and that's what we call destination retail. And why uh, do you think they're coming here? Because we're growing. We're a growing city. We're a dynamic city. We have great parks and trails. We have some of the best uh, dynamic cyclist trails here in the state and in this region. Uh, but not only is it Amazon, Costco, Trader Joe's, it's also HMS Manufacturing, which is a women-owned uh, manufacturing arm here in the Little Rock Port. It's also Alleviant Health. It's so many jobs that have come because we've been very deliberate of doing business development and recruiting people uh, as we are operate as the chief growth officer here in our city because uh, we want to see our city grow. And so, and we're hoping to double that by the end of 2022. So I'm uh, everybody when I tell them that you're coming on the radio. Mm-hmm. They all say, ask him about homelessness and pandering on the corners. They don't like it. No, neither do. do. One, here's the thing. Uh, we love our brothers and sisters that are experiencing homelessness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we understand um, that we have to figure out opportunities to transition our brothers and sisters experiencing homelessness uh, to receive the wraparound services that they need, that they can exit homelessness. And so a part of this Rebuild the Rock sales tax proposal um is to understand that um, we have to address homelessness. And so we address it in the Rebuild Rock proposal because it has dollars for affordable housing where we will work with local developers uh, to acquire uh, dilapidated homes, uh, single-family homes in the city of Little Rock that have become havens for crime mm-hmm. uh, and dangerous homeless encampments. And so our goal is to revitalize those homes and then partner these indiv- partner individuals who are qualified for housing urban development vouchers to get them in the home. So that's affordable housing. Then we address homelessness by providing uh, a, t- a tiny home infrastructure and also wraparound services for a homeless uh, brother and sister. We respect the First Amendment right. Uh, I know you may call it pandering, but they, there is a First Amendment right that they can ask. Uh, but we also understand uh, that we have to help our homeless brothers and sisters uh, move from uh, making the request that they are in need of to partnering with our existing uh, uh, homeless services and, and coordinated entry, uh, whether it's it's Jericho Way, whether it's St. Francis House, uh, whether it's Our House, whether it's Understanding uh, uh, the Van. It's another great organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a part of our homelessness coalition, so we're working with them. And so I, I try to steer away from I, I, We know there's some frustration with the community, uh, with what they one may call pandering. Mm-hmm. And what I say is it, it, it's not pandering. It's just seeking a need to be filled. And it's the city's job to work to help uh, transition our brothers. And, and, I, and I'm very deliberate when I say that because uh, we all are a blessing away mm-hmm. uh, from being homeless. We all are a blessing away from being dead and in jail. 
And so we, we want to always make sure while I know it creates some frustration and I understand that, uh, but we also have to have the same frustration of figuring out why a certain individual got to that level and how do we help them get out. I don't think anybody can argue with anything that you have said, except for maybe some people are mad that like to play golf and they're upset about the War Memorial Golf Course. That is really about <laughs> the only thing I have heard. Well, uh, we understand that um, historically, uh, not a, uh, one, we have to understand War Memorial, it's not the War Memorial Golf Course. It's War Memorial Park that happens to have a golf course on it. Well, that's not the way they see it. So uh, we made some uh, very conscious decisions in 2019. My first few months in office, I looked at the financial books, and we knew there were certain things that needed to be changed uh, from a financial standpoint, and I'm glad we did. We cut the budget my first quarter in office, $5 million, and and since I've been in office, we've cut the budget close to $20 million. So we've been great. We wouldn't ask to replace this penny, to replace this five-eighths if we were not good stewards of the dollar. And so we made those cuts in 2019, and thank God that we did because we did not know we would be experiencing a global pandemic and we would have to not navigate those financial waters. Uh, so we were uh, doing good by right-sizing uh, right and right-aligning, right our uh, realigning our finances and being good fiscal stewards. And so I'm happy to say that we've increased, when I walked into office, our uh, reserve fund that you have to use for emergencies we increased it from $13 million to close to $35, $37 million because of good financial practices. And that's a, uh, and I'm thankful for our finance team and listening to the direction that we wanted to go to. So, again, it, yeah, we, we've been great fiscal stewards, but we have to focus on investment for the future. Spoken like a true banker. <laughs> you are listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with the city of Little Rock, Arkansas's Mayor Frank Scott, Jr. Now we want to talk about his accomplishments Funding for body-worn cameras for the police officers. You talked about that in the very beginning. I cannot believe that nobody in Arkansas, no city was doing that, especially the capital city. You improved police relations and... uh, Now, they they do have them, and there are a lot of cities that do have them now. I want to make sure that's clear now, but we kind of helped lead that way. That's great. Improved police relations and new chief of police, Keith Humphrey. You're satisfied with everything he's doing, right? I am. New organizational structure of City Hall, which we talked about. The earliest balanced budget in decades. That's true. <laughs> um, tell us again what our surplus is. Uh, it's, well, it our, was. Our reserve. Our reserve, rather. Our reserve. Uh, we were able to do good financial practices, increase our reserve uh, from $13 million 2019 to $37 million. So I we just, can be re- able to respond to another pandemic. If I mean, I'd put that on my headstone. <laughs> there will be something i mean being a businesswoman there the, will be something. The there will be something again. you got to have the rainy day fund you've got yeah. to or the river flood or the pandemic fund. <laughs> or the pandemic hundred <laughs> uh, year snowstorm yeah <laughs> uh the five percent increase in sales tax collections during four uh resulting in four million more to the city treasury no wait what does this say what am i saying here a five percent increase in sales oh this is another one you did. You did a 5% increase in sales tax collections, resulting in $4 million more in the city treasury. You did collections on sales tax. Look, he's nodding. It's the radio. You can't nod. <laughs> well, uh, exactly. We have to. We, we responded with more growth uh, through the economic growth. And so uh, with more jobs means more sales tax revenue. 
uh, and more jobs means more discretionary income for our residents uh, to provide for their families and to provide for the businesses that they are uh, serving. Yeah, we've got a surplus in sales tax, not nearly enough. Um, uh, What is this one? We've seen growth. Uh, in sales tax, I, ha- I want to make sure when we use that word, it's not a surplus of money. It's showing that we've increased services through jobs and more purchases have been made because more people have jobs to go out and make purchases. I gotcha. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people go out of the city of Little Rock also to purchase. They they, they used to always come to the city of Little Rock. Um, and so everybody would drive in to Park Plaza or to shop in Little Rock. But and I think what's really happened now is more online purchases is what we're seeing everywhere. Um, but we're, we're st- keeping a steady growth because, as I shared earlier, our population increases on another 100,000, almost to the size of Nashville. Isn't that crazy? I had no idea it got that big. Just during the workday. Just during the workday. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So I want to tell the listeners, if they missed the second segment, they should go and listen to it. When you spout off, I was trying to take notes, but <laughs> it was going so fast. You spouted off all these statistics that I thought were really fascinating that I heard you say one time in another speech. And I think everybody, if you missed the second segment, they need to go back and they need to listen to all the things that you were just saying. Or you can go to rebuildtherock21.com. There you go. Rebuildtherock21.com. And then there's a full, uh, if you just follow us on social media. Uh, you know, we can definitely get you all that information as well. Plans for a National Opportunity Zone Conference to highlight Little Rock. What does that mean? The federal government issued Opportunity Zones. Uh, opportunity Zones is a the simplest way for those uh, in the business world. It's a expanded 1031 exchange. It's kind of what the HUD zone used to be. Exactly, or empowerment zones. And I so gotcha. that happened in uh, August of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were able to start an Opportunity Zone Task Force to increase development in the Opportunity Zone. So one of, and that was kind of the precursor to our Asher Avenue revitalization plan, as well as our south of 630 east of 30 economic incentive packages to increase growth in those low to moderate income census tract areas. Okay. Uh, and so we're trying to make sure that we grow in every area of our city, uh, whether it's College Station or Chenal Valley, Absolutely. Uh, Panky or Pleasant or Pleasant Valley. We want to make sure that it's happening. And so that opportunity, I think you're referring to that happened in August of 2019. And that was the precursor to our announcement in August of 2020 for the Asher Avenue revitalization plan. We actually, I know you're familiar with Immersive Arkansas was one of the first organizations to take advantage of that plan. Um, they recently just opened on Asher Avenue. We're getting ready to demolish the old advanced auto on Asher Avenue, which has been a, a place, a haven for crime. Um, and so we, we're making sure that we're seeing growth in every area. Uh, and just like we've, what we've seen with the Costco and West Little Rock, we want to see growth in on Asher, we want to see growth Banks on... Banks don't want to go down there. Well, that's the reason why we had the Opportunity Zones, and we're making sure that we've been working with banks. So that's the reason why we had banks and bankers on our Opportunity Zone Task Force, and that's the reason why you're starting to see more uh, development. So I wouldn't say banks don't want to go there because there are a, a number of different banks even uh, that are now super focused on uh, empowerment zones, Opportunity Zones, and also what they call CRA and so there's a lot of uh, investment that's going. And so we're, there's more work to be done. Uh, and that's the reason why we've been so focused on uh, investment in every area, but also the particular areas of low to moderate income. Gray, who's the guy that ran for president that I liked that was the mayor of uh, uh, New York City that was a businessman, which is why I liked him running for the – he was running for he was running for Not presidency. Bloomberg. Yeah, Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in one of those debates, he said one of the reasons that these lower-income areas – 
don't grow as entrepreneurs, because he's a business person like me, he says because they don't have access to banks and to bankers to get to know as a Financial services. Yes. And that's the reason why we recently installed our uh, Build Academy, uh, which stands for Businesses Uniting and Leadership Development, where we just recently have gotten 76 applicants where we'll focus on uh, existing and starting entrepreneurs on helping them understand financial uh, excellence, operational excellence, connecting them with banks and bankers as well. So that that's is, cool. I think that's a, I have mm-hmm. never thought about that till yeah. that uh, presidential debate. And I thought, well, that is a big deal. And if that's you, the reason why we've been working on that. That's good. Um, you appointed the first chief education officer, Dr. Jay Barth. What are you wanting him to do? Well, what he's been doing, we, uh, that happened back in May of 2019 when we appointed him. Uh, he helped uh, play a large role in working on our literacy program in Little Rock School District to help children uh, be able to read by the time in the third grade because we know if a child is not able to be, be able to read by the time in the third grade, the downstream ripple effects are pretty negative. So he implemented that um, literacy program with LRSD. He also, uh, along with our city board, implemented a community schools model that provides wraparound services for our most at-risk youth at our most at-risk schools within the Little Rock School District which helped usher um, um, at the time when our local school board was under state control, helped them get out of state control by the city stepping up with a financial strategic part- partnership, putting our money where our mouth is, is, which is with this community schools model. So we're excited. That's been going on. Do you ask yourself why you do all this sometimes? Do you like lay in bed and go, what am I doing? Why am I doing all this? <laughs> it, it's, it's a passion. It's a passion it's and a, a labor be. of love. Uh, all right. We're almost to the end, but... What do you think, pertaining to the coronavirus, what do you think the future looks like? What are we in for? I think as long as we get vaccinated uh, and we wear a mask, um, when, when you can't maintain social distance, because um, we're in the middle of a third surge, uh, we got to be serious about it if we want to get back to a sense of normalcy. Is there ever going to be normalcy? I think so. I think right now Little Rock and Pulaski County is doing a good job of our vaccination rates. We're right now at 50%. Uh, we need to be somewhere closer to 65 to 70%. I think the closer we get to that, uh, I think it's also helpful, too, that Pfizer just obtained its FDA approval. Uh, I know a lot of people were on the fence because of the FDA approval. They now have it, so there's no excuse. So get the vaccine so we can get out of this situation. Uh, and in, in the meantime, for those who uh, who have not, we got to continue to wear the mask and uh, as we continue to get to the next level. What do you think your biggest strength is? My biggest strength? I know what it is, but you tell me what you think it is. I don't know. <laughs> Come on. What do you think it is? Oh, I, I don't know what my biggest strength is, but what I try to do is to work very hard. Yes, exactly what it is. Uh, <laughs> passion and hard work. You are a hard work. What do you think your weakest link is? I think my weakest link is that, you know, sometimes I work too hard. And uh, I think sometimes we got to have, in this day and age, leaders need to take time to dial back. Uh, for self-care what do you want your citizens to take away from this interview first and foremost um, as your mayor i'm asking that you strongly consider to vote for the rebuild the rock penny replacement initiative on september the 14th and uh but but more importantly is that you we all continue to take pride in our city uh, and we want to focus on unity growth and transformation you said earlier uh what the preferred way is to connect with your citizens you have social media, and what did you say your social media was? Uh, social media on Twitter at Frank Scott Jr., Instagram at Frank Scott J-R-L-R, Facebook at Frank Scott Jr., uh, LinkedIn at Frank Scott Jr. If you send a smoke signal, we'll respond. 
<laughs> and then if they want to learn about the Rebuild the Rock initiative. The Rebuild the Rock initiative online is at rebuildtherock21.com. Great interview. Thank you so much for coming Thank you. on. Thank Gosh, you so I much. I always enjoy this. I could talk to you <laughs> forever. Well, I'll send you again, at, you know, hopefully one day at yeah. Trinity. Oh, yeah, I'll see you again. Yeah, I tell our listeners, I saw you preach at Trinity. He didn't have one note. <laughs> he never looked down at a note, and it was off the chart good. I've seen you speak a lot. You're really good. I brought Thank you a gift. You. Oh, wow. Now, I don't know if I'm being a traitor to Arkansas, but this is a Tennessee flag because you went to Memphis State. Oh. So it's a U.S flag and an arkansas flag and a tennessee flag desk set for you to take. oh well thank you thank you <laughs> you're thank welcome you. <laughs> in closing to our listeners thank you for spending time with us we hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it whatever it is will help you up your business your independence or your life i'm carrie mccoy and i'll see you next time on up in your business until then be brave and keep it up you've been listening to up in your business with carrie mccoy for links to resources you heard discussed on today's show Go to flagandbanner.com, select radio show, and choose today's guest. If you'd like to sponsor this show or any show, email me. That's G-R-A-Y at flagandbanner.com. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Stay informed of exciting upcoming guests by subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream.